Every single one of you. You know how hard we've worked. I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. We're going to open it up. We're going to go fast tempo. Defense, get after Jordan Love. You can't give him that much time. You do what you're supposed to do. We'll win this game. An unbelievable halftime speech. Too bad it wasn't down in the Cowboys locker room. It did not answer the bell. Came right out of halftime, and uh, Packers were able to extend the lead. What was it? 27-7 at half, and the Pack come out and score 14 more in the third quarter, and uh, she was over at that point. Yes, she was. Hmm. She was the longest second half ever, at least it felt like it, but that, that game was not in jeopardy from the second quarter on. As soon as the pick six, it was like, ah, that's it. Yeah. Well, it's crazy how quickly I mean, Cowboys scored right before halftime to make it 27-7, um, but it got out to 27-0, and it's like this thing, you could tell. Uh, they got a, a long... 12-play drive there, punched a touchdown in to make it 27-7. Went down, kicked a field goal coming out of halftime to make it 27-10. But Green Bay goes right down the field, scores a touchdown. You just knew they weren't going to be able to stop them. And, you know, defensively just did not have it at all. And Green Bay was smooth, efficient. Jordan Love was 16-21. For 272 yards and three touchdowns. I He threw it 21 times. Prescott threw it 60 times. I mean, Not a recipe to, for success in the playoffs, having to throw it 60 times? No, 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 no. Interesting. No. Aaron Jones absolutely had it rolling on the ground. He was over 100 yards. Got him going in the screen game uh, as well. Felt like he had... Um, you know, a, a nice little reception there, and just domination, man. It was domination. the. Uh, it, there's been some painful Cowboys playoff losses uh, a couple of years ago to the Niners, uh, of, of course, what last year to the Niners as well in that road game. But that one was easily the most embarrassing, and Jerry Jones essentially said that was one of the toughest, one of the tougher playoff losses they've had. The Boy, two seed home home field advantage to the NFC Championship, most likely, and just. Didn't just lose, just got dominated from the get-go. There yeah. was a point there in the third quarter where it was it was out of hand, and they cut to that picture of the of the Jones booth watching the game, and it was it was it was quiet in there. Uh, I'll say that. Oh, I'm it, sure they sent someone to uh, clean out the locker or the office of Mike McCarthy at halftime. Dang, just crazy. Uh, okay, so we've talked about Kalen DeBoer taking over at Alabama on Friday and yeah. into today, and the text line is still saying, you don't take over for the GOAT. You, you just don't do it. Well, there's a guy playing tonight that did take over for the GOAT, and following the man normally doesn't work out that well, and I guess in New England it, it really hasn't. But though Tom Brady wasn't having his best year, didn't have his best year last year, Baker's followed the GOAT, and it's worked out just fine for him. Yeah. Ninth in the league in passing. 
Seventh in the league in touchdown passes. 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. What is he, uh, 18th in QBR? But he's top 10 in a couple of categories, can win his second career playoff game. This is a this is a big moment for six tonight. And the way the Eagles have been playing here recently, I think Tampa absolutely has a chance to win this one. Question is how how healthy is Baker? If he's the version yeah, that he looked well, like last Sunday, it's it's gonna be tough. How healthy is he right now and how healthy can he stay? You know, that that rib injury, it ain't healed. Uh, now it it may be able to be managed a little bit better. The pain may have subsided, but all it takes is, you know, the wrong angle, falling to the ground, taking a shot in the pocket, and you're right back in a ton of pain, almost not able to throw the football at all. And in a playoff game, that's 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 not good. So hopefully he's able, they're able to protect him, keep him upright. The ribs are okay, and he can go out there and and try and execute. Their defense is going to have to play well. They've been better lately. Had a couple of, uh, of you know, the mid middle part of the season they were playing really bad, but they've got things right. And Philly really is. I mean, the energy's bad there. Yeah, really bad. I don't I don't know what's going on, but whatever magic they had feels like it is absolutely gone. Um, it it kind of feels like. I don't know, maybe not the team, but there's a lot of frustration with all the fumbles and turnovers that Jalen Hurts had there down the stretch, and it just didn't feel like that, that team was in sync like we, we had saw early in sure. the season. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're not, and just crazy how quickly can change, things can, can change in that league. Sirianni was in the playoff last or excuse me, in the Super Bowl last year, had a chance to win the game. Mm. There's a thought that if he loses tonight, this collapse could get him fired sometime this week, which yeah. is just insane to think about. They lose to well, the Bucks of all teams. I'm just saying that how quickly things can, can yeah. change in this league. It's, it's a one-year league. It doesn't matter what you did the previous season. It's stupid. It's stupid to suggest that the guy that – uh, got you into the Super Bowl last year, and it wasn't just him. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that he did it single-handedly, and had you rolling for the first three quarters of this this year. I has all of a sudden forgotten how to coach, or doesn't want to coach, or gotten lazy, or forget forgot everything he knew a year ago. It's really stupid, you know. And I don't know. I part of me thinks that it's more about just kind of re-engaging the fan base and having something interesting to sell than it is about how you really feel about being good in the long term, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's still a head coach league, man. Head coach quarterback like, still matters. It, would, it wouldn't be that surprising to me if someone said, uh, excuse me, sir, I did a study and I found that uh, ratings, fan engagement, uh, everything is up after you fire a head coach. Uh, so if you want to get the fans back in and make some more money, it makes sense to fire your coach, even if he's good. Nine one eight feels like nine one eight says, "Isn't Jalen Hurts injured?" Well, he finger did have that nasty right? looking uh, that finger was bent last week. Yeah. So yes, Kate up in the nine one eight question. Can you all explain to me? Why OU fans cheer for the pro football teams of Texas. I've literally never understood that. 
just like the Stillwater Cowboys, I hope they lose every game they ever play. Well, that's interesting, and I don't. I mean, you can answer this question. Well, there's a lot of OU fans that are from the Dallas area or the state of Texas, so I think that you have to factor that in. But it's, I mean, proximity for sure. Proximity, and then Barry, by God, Switzer was the head coach of that organization for a period of time. So I, I, I would bet that there were some fans. And eh, I don't really have an NFL team. Maybe I'll go to the Cowboys because he's there. I'm sure there were some people like that. Whether they stuck there or not, I have no clue. But proximity is probably the biggest factor. Well, you you can't have – now, I'm, I'm speaking football here. I mean, can you have a hatred for the entire state of Texas? I mean, I know you can for the Longhorns, and I know you can for Texas A&M. But those are opponents. I, you get a huge chunk of your roster from Texas. Um, you know, we've sent some really good players down to play in Dallas for the Cowboys. So I don't know. For me, it kind of there. I gotta I gotta reset whenever it goes from college to pro. Not always, but for the most part, there's a reset for me. Well, to answer your question. Um... <laughs> yes, many feel like they can hate the entire state of Texas and yeah. everything about it. Well, that's fair. I mean, I can't argue with that. It's sound – I mean, it holds up to scrutiny. Um, like, my uh, – like, I don't even have a hatred for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't hate them. I just enjoy rooting against them because it pays off like no other. It's amazing. Well, I uh, I do hate them, and I am a fan of the team, but I also choose to hate them the majority <laughs> right. of the time. So if you don't hate them, that's fine, but I do, and I you know wear Cowboys gear on Sundays. I'm, t- and I, I'm sure just a lot telling can relate you, to that. Right, for anyone out there who's looking for an NFL team, you don't need to find an NFL team. You just root against the Dallas Cowboys. Watch all their games, root for the uh, the opposing team, and it is like it's spectacular, amazing. Like there's no way you can lose this game. And there's they always lose it. there's always a high at the end of the season. It never goes yeah. away. Yeah, the high always hits the same. It's the, the only way the season ends with a win. Yeah. No matter what is whenever you cheer against it's like, the Dallas It's like Cowboys. the season always ends at 420 S- at, the, at the end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> Chapstick says, yes, you can all day, every day. I can dislike every college and pro football team in Texas. Yeah, you know, I really don't like any. Uh, I don't. Uh, obviously, I dislike Texas. I dislike A&M. Um, Tech used to not be the case. It is now. Baylor, I guess I'm just kind of neutral. There's not really well, anything Well, there was to a time like 10 or, years ago where we oh, hated yeah. Baylor up here for sure. For sure. Uh, I think everything else is just I – mean, I don't – I don't. there's there's not even – well, how do you feel about TCU? In, indifferent. Don't, don't, really, yeah. don't really care about them, honestly. I'm kind of indifferent But I don't too, like but, them. I'm not – I wasn't rooting for them – in the national championship game against Georgia. I didn't want TCU to win a national championship more recently than OU. Oh, no doubt. Hell no. Right. Absolutely. So, no, no there, there's that. there's no one college-wise or yeah. basketball, baseball, it, any of that. And I damn sure hate that dork Mike White that coaches the Texas softball program. Yeah. 
I do like D'Amico Ryan's and the Houston Texans, like, right now. Um, I'm not going to like them. I just think that's kind of a cool story. Rookie quarterback, getting the dub, uh, rookie head coach. Um, linebacker, played at Alabama. Played, played against OU way back in the day. Camo Sooner gets me. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I have a love-hate relationship with the team. That's just, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Mark Firmina, Jerry Jones is my reason for not liking the Cowboys. Uh, Gunny hates all the teams that reside in Texas. This one says, I root for the Sooners, the Niners, and whoever plays Dallas. Uh, Grumpy Jimmy from BA, Dallas saved me in the 90s when OU was taking a dive. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's probably – that might be a big answer to your – to your question there on the text line is the Cowboys huge rise married up perfectly with Oklahoma's little exactly. uh, stall out period in the nineties. Yep. Uh, this text, any news in the portal? No, not, not really. Um, yeah. What is going on? So the portal window has closed for, for kids to enter, except for obviously your new 30 day window for teams that are replacing their head coach. Is there any Alabama, Washington, Arizona players that Oklahoma may be in on? I mean, OU's just in a pinch numbers-wise right now that it doesn't feel like that's the case at at this point in time. But Jonah Coleman, uh, Arizona's leading rusher from last year, is in the portal. That happened today. Mm. Bama's got a couple of players in the portal. Isaiah Bond has already announced he's going to Texas. But, yeah, the portal window's closed. But there's still some players that announced after the portal was closed, and you don't have to make a decision at necessary any point in time in the near term. Oh, but here's the portal window for the jobs are open. So the portal's never really closed. Right. They say that it's closed on a date, but it's really not ever closed. That's that's what I've gathered here. Right. Yeah. It's all it's always open, and there will still be another portal cycle after spring ball happens. Yep. That's right. That's right, and, you know, there's – yeah, I mean, because this one closed and we've got, you know, three – at least three teams now I in the Michigan perhaps where you're going to have – that's going to extend for who knows how long and feel like it's just kind of a constant. You're right. And they're all – there's a lot of good players on those teams too, so it's something to, to really look Dude, for. Dude, it's just but. insane. Like, Will Rogers – a week ago, man, Will Rogers was in a Washington jersey on the sidelines of the national championship game after playing in the final year or final game of the year for Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. Mm-hmm. So he goes from being the quarterback in the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night to in a Washington jersey on the sideline before the game last week, and then now he's back in the portal once again because Kayla DeBoer's going to Alabama. It's just insane. And it's it's insane at all positions, but especially at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. I mean, oh. Rogers dead set on following Kevin DeBoer, isn't he? That's wild. Well, I mean, is that where he is? He going to Alabama? Will Rogers? I don't know. They got a spot for him there if if Milrose coming back, I, and they got a five star uh, freshman coming in as well. Well, it doesn't look like he went to Washington for, uh, you know, the view of the lake there 
uh, outside Seattle. I mean, as soon as the head coach is gone, he's he's right back in the portal. So tells me he wanted to play for that coach specifically. I don't know if he'll have the chance to go to Alabama, but that's I mean that's at least what it looks like, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to have a spot for him at quarterback or a starting job next year. You think Fafita's going to follow Fish? Um, I don't think Fafita's going to be at Arizona next year, nor mm. will McMillan. Is he following mm. Fish? Um, maybe that three-minute conversation of the team really moved him, and he'll go up to Seattle. He's taken a lot of that coaching staff with him as well. I'll, yeah. I'll say, sure, I'll say yes. He's at Washington next year. I'd like to see McMillan at Oklahoma, wouldn't Good you? Good God, are you kidding me? Yes. Where Jeez. we can throw him a bunch of uh, bubbles and tunnel screens mm. instead of ripping go balls and comebacks and deep digs. You're really down about the offense right now. Yes, I am. And it's not – it's 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 a college football issue. It's not not necessarily an Oklahoma issue. It's all this system crap. It ain't that hard. You got a six foot five athlete that can run some routes, just run him on some routes, protect it, and throw him the football. You don't have to RPO it and read it out and do all this crap. Let the guy run a deep dig and go over the top oh. and catch it. Throw him a comeback, throw him a fade ball. Last time I checked, pretty easy to get a uh, 15 yard pass interference call these days. Enter huh. Drake Stoops joke here in Bedlam. But uh, that, that's a guy that if he's not making a play, then he's probably drawing a 15-yard penalty in a game. Yeah. Just, just All right. keep feeding him. I agree. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine. And to get a sober ride. Because if you feel different... You drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Just another opportunity for us. You know, we, we played them really early in the season uh, when we were still offensively trying to figure out who we were. Right. Not really knowing our identity, scheme-wise, what we were going to be good at. And we've, we've improved a lot. Um, but it's still, they're still a great ball club. They still have the, the front that's one of the best in the league. So we gotta got to know how to attack, got to be aware of certain guys on the edge and up front um, and, and just take care of the ball. I, I think that's the biggest thing looking back on it. We didn't start fast against them and we didn't take care of the ball. And a, and a good team like that is going to take advantage of it. And, and what did it mean for you to quarterback a team that's made the playoffs this year? Um, just another opportunity for me to have fun playing football again was was a blessing in itself. But then to be able to come here and be surrounded by this locker room, it's a special group. And um, you know how I am. You know, nobody really gave us a chance at the beginning, but, you know, division champs again and got a chance in the playoffs. And so we've been improving at the right time of the year. And we just wanted a chance to get in to, to see what we can do in the playoffs. There's Bake Show. 7-15 tonight on ESPN and ABC. Baker and the Bucks taking on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Eagles listed as a three-point favorite in the game tonight. Matchup predictor says 56.8% chance of the Eagles winning tonight. So, last night's game in Detroit was awesome. I don't think the environment will be as great tonight in Tampa as it was in Detroit, but could this be maybe the best playoff game that we see in the entire wild card round? Well, hard to hard to know. I mean, I'm 
I the bar's not very high right now. No, it's outside not. of that game at Ford Field. And I'll say that I, I think it's going to be a. It feels like it's going to be a close, low-scoring game. Um, you know, Tampa's offense. I, you have to figure a chunk of it is because of Baker's health and the ribs. Forty-three and a half over under. Yeah, that's low. That's kind of where I see it. Like um, um, a game played right there around the 21-point uh, mark. And it would not shock me at all if, if that was it. Could come down to a couple of special teams plays, miss kick, something like that. But I think it'll be close just because neither offense is really just blowing you away. Now, what, um, Tampa Bay was able to just get out of that game a week ago, 9-0, and their defense has picked it up here lately, and and Philly just for whatever reason, I, uh, they got destroyed by the Giants. Wow, Hurts has been he's been Yikes. a turnover machine lately. So, I mean that's that's the goal for Tampa is just continue to force Philly to turn the ball over, interceptions, fumbles in the pocket, or when he's running the ball. I mean, don't let it come down to a fourth and one with Philly uh, sneaking the football. That's about the only thing you don't want to happen. Yeah, so that's at 7-15. Bills are up on the Steelers, 21-7. 13 minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, Steelers got the ball around midfield. Hey, you punch one in, you got yourself a football game here if you're the Steelers, but going to be difficult. That uh, Buffalo defense has started playing pretty daggum good lately. I uh, brought up your frustrations with uh, offenses across college football last segment. This text from the 402. Yeah. So what do y'all want to see from the offense, like scheme-wise? I, I, I really don't care what we do scheme-wise. I, I look at it and I say – you know, Latrell's more, he's more of an air raid background guy. And that's fine. That's not my cup of tea, but it's fine. As long as they highlight their key players and force feed them the ball. Find out what they do well and build on it. That's what I care about. I, I want to... I would like to take a lot of the the RPO stuff out of the game and just highlight the key players. And I know I'm I'm fighting a losing battle here because it makes so much sense on a chalkboard. I you can always win the conversation on the chalkboard because of numbers. Well, if this, then that. That always wins the conversation. Oh, well, if this guy does 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 this, well, then you do that. So it always works. Well, the problem is, you know, there's there's a lot of post snap issues that you're you're putting on route runners and quarterbacks and exchanges, all those things. And it also messes with the mindset of your offensive line. Oh, we don't need to fire off here. He's probably going to throw the ball. So we don't want to be downfield. We'll just kind of just kind of ooze off the football instead of trying to get some movement. So you have this slow, messy run game. Um, and you, you get stuck in a position where 
like a bunch of guys check out of the offense because you're not you're not highlighting anyone's real skill set. You're just throwing it and running it where they're not. Chris, and I think yeah. it makes for a I think it makes for a bad product. Chris and Lindsay says, Oklahoma, where the wind comes, jet sweeping down the plains. With about three laughing emojis there. 918, the better question from a defensive perspective, what offense does Teddy not want to see? Well, I just, I, I want us to have an identity in the run game. I want us, I, it's, it's hard to say because, you know, the roster's not complete. You know, we got to find out what our strengths and weaknesses are going to be, and then you build on that. And I think that's part of the problem is we we force feed, uh, air quotes, system, and we make everyone on our roster fit into that system instead of going into it with an open mind and seeing how can we capitalize on some of our best player skills. And I, I think you've got to find a couple of runs that you really like and and get elite at them. Not good, elite, where you can run it no matter the front, no matter the box, no matter the situation. You're excellent at running these handful of plays, two or three concepts that you really live on. And it's the same thing in the passing game. You're always There's always going to be some RPO stuff built in, right? You have to have it. But there needs to be routes and concepts that capitalize on your best player skill sets. And we do that. And we, we saw some flashes of that happening in, in the bowl game, but like more broadly speaking, college football, it, it all comes back to the system. And I just, I don't like that way of thinking. Uh, 405, I want to run an offense where I know the pieces fit, we don't get caught in the mm. undertow, and we stay sober while scoring. <laughs> does, that, does that mean the fans there stay sober while scoring? Uh, he's hitting the tool trifecta on that one. Ah, uh, yeah, sober. Yeah. One of the four tool songs I know. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I'm i optimistic with, with what they're going to do, um, you know, we may be an air raid team this year. You know, if if you, like the air raid offense, was made for teams that can't get it done on the line of scrimmage. And they may feel like that's the case this year. You know, but if they get to where the offensive line is not just getting you through, but it's a weapon and it's pretty good and, you can do some things. Well, then I would I would expect that that was would not end up being the case. But problem you know, for me is it's, have to, is that know. just a sustainable week to week model that will win you ten plus games in this league next year? Like if if you want to go air raid, and they'll work in some easy throws for him. I'm sure not every single throw will be of high difficulty, but you'll have a first year starter really be counted on to lead the offense next year. Like it's yeah. a scary thought to to have. And I think it's a realistic thought right now that on a week-to-week basis, you're not able to run the ball against some of the better teams you play. Yeah. Like that, that's a scary thought from a quarterback aspect of what we saw in the Alamo Bowl, and I don't think that that's going to be the norm, but 
that's the best sample size we have up to this point, right? And yeah. But more so why I don't love that is the strength of your team next year will absolutely be the defense. I, I believe that. And it should yeah. be a defense that's one of the better in the SEC. But will that be the case if they got to go to an air raid offense next year and they can't run it on a week-to-week basis? Yeah. Well, you know, a, an air raid offense is – like in the in the in the traditional sense is a lot of easy quick read short throw stuff it's it's how you run the ball when you can't run the ball you know and there's a bunch of different ways to do it i my guess is that that's not really what what it's going to be it will will probably end up being a, Kind of the same thing that everyone else in college football is, is like just a, uh, I don't even know how you would explain it. It's it's all converged into the same offense. Well, can uh, can it be an offense that when the defense gets a big stop late or forces a big turnover that it can pick up a first down and end the game? Maybe. I, I'd, I'd, I'd like that. Can we just start there, please? Maybe, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... I mean, you might Runs. have to throw it three times to, to do that is what it might sound like, but that's I'll, I'll just start there. It's going to be runs that are called with RPO options. So I, it's just the reality that, that you live in in college football, unfortunately. Like, like I said, because it always wins on the chalkboard, numbers-wise. So... Well, you kind of fight a losing battle in the argument against it. Like Gunny said, the, the deal is the game ain't won on the chalkboards. Yeah. Not well. the SEC. <laughs> That's right. I, I love that. That's a great line. I'm going to start using it. The game ain't won on a grease board. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. couple of segments left here for Newcastle Casino. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Out with the old and in with the new at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. New 2024 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab 5.3 LT 4x4 SLT. Take up to 8500 off MSRP. Plus, trade in a qualified vehicle and receive an additional 2500 from GM. Drive to the best, just 15 minutes west. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. Final hour on a reaction Monday. Buffalo still leading Pittsburgh now 21 to 10. Steelers tacked on a field goal in the third quarter. So five and a half minutes left in the third. Bills with the football up 21-10 over the Steelers. Uh, Arizona, man, is just getting absolutely gutted right now. The head coach is gone. The leading rusher from last year is gone. And Jed Fish is apparently taking the entire offensive staff. Mm. plus two defensive assistant coaches, mm. its strength coach, and director of player personnel as well. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever the next head coach is going to have to hire essentially an entire new staff. And yeah. uh, Arizona made it pretty clear that they don't they don't want to pay a whole lot of money for someone. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder what how that might Just look. let Noah Fafita be the head coach so you can <laughs> actually keep him on campus. Yeah. Did I see uh, Barry Odom's name connected with that? 
I mean, that would make a lot of sense, but uh, did a really good job there at UNLV this year. But well, that's the only thing that I've seen. And that I don't know that that is any real connection, just maybe someone saying, hey, this might work. Um, but feels like he know. could be in position next offseason or even the offseason after if he keeps it going to get a better job. So I guess the question with that is – with the current situation at Arizona, do you do you take that gig? Yeah, I don't know. Got a lot of good good young players. I just don't know how many are going to stick around. It's the problem. If the roster was any sort of intact, I, I think you do, and ride that wave of momentum that they have. Unless yeah. it all just left for Seattle and there's no momentum remaining with it. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, I mean, is I. If you can replicate what you did at UNLV again, UNLV might be a better job than Arizona. Like Arizona has a very high likelihood, especially moving into the Big 12, of being a purgatory job where you go and you have some success but not enough success to really upgrade your job all that much and a chance to just kind of sit there and never really get anything going right you're probably more likely to to be able to catch something and really build at unlv to take take a leap to find something a little bit better than arizona yeah i think their quarterback leave is he um did he flip from georgia to to usc did that happen last week but i don't know i don't i don't have any idea about unlv's roster for next year it's just it's so weird and and frankly it's annoying with all of the the coach movement in college football it's everyone is constantly moving and negotiating trying to put themselves in the next best spot, which I get it to some degree. I just don't operate that way. I, For me, if I went to Arizona, I, I'm going to Arizona to win a championship at Arizona. I'm not going to Arizona to position myself to win a championship at Penn State. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's such a it's such a weird thing to think about. I don't know. I think it's weird and I think it's dumb. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Nine one eight Arizona's not serious about hiring a coach until we hear Twitter rumors about Coach Stoops being offered. There you go. I did just read a a post someone made that they're upset that Arizona ever fired Mike Stoops. They should have just kept Mike hey, and invested into the let's program. Go. Uh, Run it you know, back. It says they had the worst facilities in the entire Pac-12 by a million miles. Um, they were competitive. They recruited well. Had they invested into the program at that time when Mike was the coach, they probably would be way more successful See? than they've been since. Mike's which goes stock to my is point. rising. How about that? Yeah. By the it's way, we, someone uh, texted us last segment asking, uh, what's the latest in the portal? Are they in on anyone? I have not heard that OU's in on this name because it was announced, what, two hours ago? But Washington does have an offensive lineman that just entered the portal, and he started all 15 games last year. 
and we'll have three years of eligibility remaining. So if OU is going to miss out on Zalance Hurd, maybe they would try and circle back on one of these linemen that were hopping in the portal from Washington, Arizona, Alabama, somewhere else. Yeah, perhaps. Especially one with three years of eligibility remaining. Perhaps. Um, Washington had a couple of really good players on that offensive line. And, and that system is, you know, it's, it's not like you're um, – it's not a totally different system than what you what you see at Oklahoma. It's something that's fairly similar. So potentially, yeah, I mean, man, what a time to catch Alabama in your first year in the SEC, right? Yeah, and maybe they're just as good, if not better. But I just I kind of have the feel they're going to take a step back, and it's still going to be a difficult schedule next year, yeah. much difficult than you had this year. But if Alabama takes a step back for the first time in a while, man, it makes things a whole lot more manageable for your well, first year in that league. Here's the thing. If Alabama takes a step back, then one or two or three or a handful of teams take a step forward. That's only how it works. If you could time that up to where you're one of those teams that takes a step forward and inches up that ladder a little bit and, you know, you means you dig into a little bit bigger part of the pie whenever it comes to the elite talent across the country in, in recruiting and you position yourself for a little bit better players in the transfer portal that you just you know just try and continue to inch your way up but none of it matters if you don't start beating the teams that you're supposed to beat and winning big games that matter right i, I we can't continue to have the conversation if we can't win bowl games and we can't win playoff games. It's it's fair. Ultimately, that is going to be the only thing that is ever going to really move the needle in a meaningful way. Well, I I mean, you've you've been on this since the offseason started, and I I think it's fair. I think it's the reason why you're not getting a whole lot of credit nationally or the benefit of the doubt. It's why I opened up a way-too-early 12-team playoff today, and they have you playing in the – Duke's Mayo Bowl next year and not yeah. in a 12 team playoff. Yeah. I, not saying that anyone should be worked up about a 24 7 sports article, but it's just an insight to how you're not getting the benefit of the doubt like you used to. No. And while those things don't matter as far as what your season next year looks like, they do matter for the people that are reading those articles, which are your recruits out there, right? Like if you're a sophomore in high school and you're you're going to be an elite talent, and you're just seeing what's going on in college football, you're watching the next year's bowl projections, and you're thinking, "Man, they're projected to go to the Sugar Bowl next year," which it means nothing, but it's still something that is a positive. Whenever teams are or people are looking, researching into your team, which is. How it all unfortunately ties together. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up next here from Newcastle Casino. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. The road to March Madness continues for your Sooners men's basketball team as they host the Texas Longhorns on Tuesday, January 23rd at 6 o'clock. Be sure to wear white and be one of the first 5,000 fans. Still up on Pittsburgh 24-10. Late in the third quarter, 
Steelers with the ball, but it uh, looks like they're backed up a bit with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. But the big one tonight, 7-15, Jalen versus Baker, Baker versus Jalen. It's the Bucks and the Eagles, and you, uh, we both got a low-scoring game. I think I might even take the under in this one. I could see like a 20-17, uh, to 17, maybe even like a 17-14 to 14 type of game tonight. Yeah. I don't, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see a score fest here. Even though the weather is going to be – looks like it's going to be perfect in Tampa. Go figure. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like it's two evenly matched football teams. Um, both of them – I mean, Tampa's got it going a little bit better than than Philly does. Philly – I mean, I don't know. Would they lose like five or six out of their last seven games or so, something like that? Um, wow, as the Steelers complete a prayer there to keep the drive going. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of with you. It feels like a, a lower scoring football game, played pretty conservatively, probably for the first two and a half quarters, and then depending on what the score looks like, you could see that change down the stretch and and start to open things up. Yeah. Well, clearly, if I had my pick at what happens from here on out, it's Baker Mayfield winning a Super Bowl. I don't oh, think yeah. Baker Mayfield's going to win the Super Bowl this year. I think they can win tonight and maybe even uh, be in a close game with the Lions next week. But Baker would be clearly my first pick. I think the Lions winning a Super Bowl, though, is oh, where yeah. I'm at after that. Like, the way that city reacted last night. and I, 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 I don't have, I've been to the airport one time. I don't know a whole lot of people that are Detroit fans. I'm not a fan. I, I, it would be cool to see that city win it all. Yeah. No connection to it, but still. It may be a problem. I, if they went from zero to winning a Super Bowl, it may finally send the uh, the city of Detroit out of commission. If they <laughs> you know what, I think they're control. okay going out that way. I think they're perfectly fine. <laughs> right. I think they would. Not, they'd be all over it. It, it, they just absorb themselves, and it just kind of crumbles on top of of itself. You know, I. That would be awesome. Just that that scene, you don't see that in in pro football. That scene that you saw last night, right? I mean, that's uh, there. You go. We got a we got a Lions fan here that's watching sweet. the uh, the game here at Newcastle Casino. How, how's that? I know that stadium's fifteen years old now. But no, it's older than it's it, twenty years old. Oh, is it twenty years old? Well, like they were doing the crowd shots last night. And I mean, I'd seen the stadium before, but they just haven't played in a lot of big games in the past. So that mm-hmm. building really hasn't been featured as much as some others. It looks like a pretty cool spot, man. It's awesome. I mean, it's really nice. Um, now, the one thing that sucks about it is the the home locker room is like when you come off the field, it's up like six flights of stairs up into the locker room. Uh, underneath the stadium, it's not a great. <laughs> it's like well, the most that reminds me of Kansas of State's game. old end zone where it felt like the visitors had to walk yeah. downstairs to get to the field. I mean, but you know, I'm sure that it was incredibly loud there during that game. It sounded like it on TV, and you know, inside that dome, gets really loud. So, what a fun story! All right, that's it for us. You guys killed it on the text line as always. You drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's go have an ice cold Pacifico. You're listening to the 